0: Welcome to The Community Podcast, brought to you by The Community Paper. Since 1989, The Community Paper has been sharing good news happening in downtown Orlando and College Park. Your hosts for the show are Orlando native and the paper's publisher, Debbie Gunter, and Orlando transplant and managing editor, Tommy Cardinal.
1: Do you want me to start?
2: Yeah, let's start because, okay, so welcome back to the Community Podcast. My name is Nick. This is Tommy. This is Debbie. Debbie has a surprise for us. And I we're do. itching. She brought it in a refrigerated bag. We're
3: itching to I find did. out what it is.
1: Well, when this podcast comes out, it will be the month of the 33rd anniversary of the Community Paper. Nice. So hang tight.
2: So happy birthday to us. 33 years 33 old. 33 years. And we've all been here the whole time. So we've been here entirely you, yeah. since you were pre born. I was,
3: yep, negative four
2: years old when, yep, I began when they here. started.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You did a lot of photography then. There was a lot of ultrasound. Right. We published a lot of ultrasound pictures of you. Mm-hmm. Here comes our managing editor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ready?
2: Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, my gosh. Ah! Yes. That's exciting. There wow. we go. We're going to have a
1: little toast. Look at that. I really was not expecting that. I don't yeah. know what I was expecting I wasn't with expecting the refrigerated that either. bag. I can't believe you didn't figure it out. No. No, you, you were pretty secretive. You know, normally we don't drink on the job, but this is a special occasion, so I'm going to pour us all a glass of champagne. And while we are having a sip, I thought I would tell people a little bit about the history of the community paper because yeah. not a lot of people know.
3: And we can specify that it's the afternoon, technically. It's, it's. We're not recording in the morning. So we're this definitely.
2: Is it's later in the afternoon. It's
3: definitely acceptable. happy hour. It's
1: very close to happy hour. Um, and you know,
3: I was talking about um, how we just went to print. It always feels like the weekend to me after we go to print. You're right. Yeah. It does. So, so
1: cheers to our weekend. Cheers to cheers. thirty-three years. Thirty years to another 33.
3: thirty-three. That's a third to a hundred.
1: Mm. Boy, that tastes good on this hot day. Uh, So back in 1989, Susan Tator, who lived in College Park at the time, decided there should be a community newspaper in College Park. There wasn't one at the time. And it was only going to report on good news, community news, you know, neighbors getting to know neighbors, getting to know business owners, that sort of thing. And so she started this paper and everybody read it. We used to get it in our driveways. Susan, by herself, would drive around to every home in College Park. And before she did that, she would wrap the papers in little plastic bags, you know, wrap them in a roll, mm-hmm. and and she would throw them in everyone's driveway. Wow. Yeah, I wow. I like that
2: idea. It gets a little bit of aggression out of you,
1: and yeah. it's a good exercise. Yeah. Was so, she
3: driving around, or was she on she a She would
1: drive, like and she said that she learned how to – drive with her legs really well. And she would just throw the paper out. And um, we actually interviewed her a couple of years ago. So there's a great article on our website, yourcommunitypaper.com, And you can read more about, you know, when she started the paper and what it was like back then. But it was great. Everyone read it. And then fast forward to 2010. She wanted to sell the paper. And she approached me of all people, which was hilarious to me, because I was a full time realtor at that time. And um, didn't know anything about publishing a newspaper of any sort, even a little community paper. So I told her, you know, you must be crazy. There's no way. And she said, you know, you're super involved in the community and that's really what matters most. You can learn anything. You're smart. You'll figure it out. So I took about a month, talked to some friends in the industry. And um, my daughter was in college at the time learning graphic design. So so she's like, I can do the layout and I'll teach you how to do it. So I said, what the heck? So I bought it in 2010 and have had it ever since and have been growing it since then we now at first i added the ivanhoe village area i don't remember what year that was but this was a while back and then in 2017 we branched out into downtown Mm -hmm. and so now we cover the whole pretty much the whole downtown urban core, and college park still, of course, where for, we were before. For a while,
3: we had the sister papers. We had the college park and the downtown paper. Yes. And then I don't know how many people know this, but we merged the two to turn into the community paper. Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. We did. And um, that was a good thing. That, that was in
3: 2020?
1: That was a lot of work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... When Susan founded the paper, she it actually was just called the community paper. Um, and she did kind of venture out and covering a little bit of downtown for a while, but ultimately, you know, ended up just primarily covering College Park. So um, but yeah, so since then, it was it when I bought it, it was a one woman show, literally. And then um, I just all by myself, I would kind of gather news from community organizations, schools, stuff like that. And then over time, just, you know, I got a copy editor which I didn't have at first. So there were a lot of mistakes in the beginning. And <laughs> I used to write in my letter from the publisher, please forgive me. I'm learning as I go. There are going to be mistakes and there were plenty. Um, and it was very embarrassing a lot of the time, but I just kept plugging away. And now I have all of you and we have such a great team. And hopefully we will still be here 33 years from now. Let's see. How old will I be? No, I will. I'll be dead. But Tommy, you'll still be here. Of course. Tommy I'll will be definitely. Here. be. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so cheers. Super exciting. Cheers. Especially in this day and age of print media. I'm really proud of what we're doing and it's, yeah, happy it's we're still, still here.
3: here. Absolutely. And we while. have an amazing team. Wow, that was a good surprise. Yeah, it was. I was really baffled by the bag. The, <laughs> it was a one of those, what do you call them? Like cooler bags.
2: It was a cooler bag. So you were thinking ice cream cake.
3: I was thinking either
2: ice cream cake
3: or like cheese. Cheese. Yep. <laughs> The natural. I was go-to. actually thinking like cheese, like maybe she brought in a sandwich or like, really, I don't classic. know why I was thinking that. That's an interesting. I mean,
1: for a thirty-third anniversary,
2: the gift is cheese.
1: cheese. yeah. So yeah, it makes <laughs> is, sense. That yeah.
3: is that true? Is that absolutely but is, not. is thirty-three one of those like silver, bronze, or whatever? Oh, they like? have
2: one for each year. Yeah. I have
1: no idea, but yeah. I do know that it is a million degrees outside, and I when I went and bought that at Publix, I thought I better buy a little cooler bag to mm-hmm. because it'll be hot by the time Smart. I get to. The this office. is
2: why you're in charge. Right,
3: <sighs> exactly.
2: So I think of 1989, and because I lived through it as not too long ago, but it is incredibly long ago. It's 33 years ago. And I think of the College Park identity. Like College Park has been around for even longer than that. I mean, it oh, yeah. probably deserved a paper much uh, earlier than that, but it's been around for a long time. Um, I got to be part of the Mayor City Academy. Uh, this semester. And so one of the things we learned, one of the things that's on display in the, uh, city hall is the council minutes logbook from 1875. Wow. Um, because that's how long, yeah, that's how long the city has been around, you know, technically I think it uh, was 1880 when it got formed, but the city council, had been around since 1875. And so they have that on display. That's really cool. Uh, it's going to go into cold storage shortly, but I got some pictures of it. But uh, yeah, so learning a little bit more about the city and where it's from and its history.
3: So what is the Mayor's City Academy? Tell me about it. Yeah, You haven't
2: done the the whole thing. You just started. I just went through the intro. Mm -hmm. And so we got an idea of all the places we're going to go. So the police department, the fire department. We're going to meet with public works. We're going to meet with parks and recreation. uh, All of those different places over the course of 12 weeks. And then we'll graduate. So it's 60 people in it. Um, All part of the community in some way, shape, or form. A lot of people from neighborhood associations or different groups like that. And some people who are reporters or part of the community as business owners and things of that nature. So it's really good. It's something that they do every year for free. Um, I think it dates back to at least 2010 because Michael Fettig, who's the president of the College Park Neighborhood Association, came to speak as an alumni of the program. And he did it back in 2010. So mm, it's such been a great program. A so, yeah. did
1: you have to apply to participate, or is it like I a lottery did. kind of thing? Yeah,
2: or they said there were about 200, 250 people oh, wow. applied for those 60 spots. And so I feel Look at you. very lucky.
1: You're so special. And
2: I am very special. Cool. So I'll be reporting uh, at the very least through podcast format and on social media and maybe an article or two here or there about
1: it. Yeah, I'd love to share um, with our readers and our listeners more about that because yeah. more people might want to apply next year. That's and I'm cool. sure
3: you'll you'll be able to learn some new things that you didn't know the city did. Or um, is that is that sort of the idea? Is that it's like these are the services the city offers exactly,
2: and how things are done. You know, one of the things every just about every speaker talked about was the wastewater treatment plant because oh, we're really? going to go and see and check that out and how that works. And uh, apparently, at some point, they get water that is not fully treated, but treated enough that you could drink it and they dare everybody to drink it. So Mm. I'm, I'm feeling curious if I'm going to take that dare or not perfectly safe, but it just hasn't gone through like that last step of maybe fluoride or something like that being added into it.
1: Yeah. You have have fun with that.
2: (laughs) I hope you get to see the Orlando wetlands park. I hope so. There's so many things. things I would love to do and I'm hoping like fingers crossed that I get to see some stuff, but Also, there's probably for everything or one or two things that I know about, there's probably 10 that are really cool that I don't know about. Yeah. Whether that's parks or some sort of facility that does something. So I'm really looking forward to all of
3: it.
1: And how long is the program? 12 weeks. Oh, wow. You're going to learn a lot. Yeah, That's great.
3: One one meeting a week? Yep. Okay.
1: Cool. That's fun.
3: Nick, your story was on the cover this month. It was about the packing district uh, making its first permanent placemaking sign.
2: I was really excited about this. I got to go out while they were in the process of putting this sign up. And so carefully, too, because it is neon. It has three sides. Um, It is not going to rotate, which Mm. I found out when I was there. And uh, it is all neon. So they had to be so extra careful there was one precarious moment where they were lowering it down and there was this ladder in the way and so they had to yeah so that was one of the things that held us up but they were very careful about it uh and they'll be getting it hooked up to electricity soon they want to get that lit up before the rest of the building is
1: done
3: That's exciting so cool and talk about
1: history you know the fact that they're replicating the juice stand that used to be there you know way back when when it was just a you know citrus packing district over there and i just i love that dr phillips is honoring that history yeah
3: so the history is that orange blossom trail used to be like the main highway that you came in and out of orlando right or and that's where
2: a lot of the trucks were going out of because of the processing plant that was right there that's Mm going to be the food hall
3: and then that Juice stand was literally a juice stand, like where that was, was people stopped to buy orange juice, right? You could
2: stop there on your way through Orlando, going somewhere else, maybe down to Tampa, or if you were coming to Orlando uh, for tourist reasons, because there were some, you know, as, again, learning about history through, of course, breweries, we learned that there were some theme parks before. Disney was around mm, through Idaho yeah. Brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Parkland, and we learned all about that one as well. It's Joyland. Like you, I'm sorry, Joyland. When you're
3: driving on I 75 and there's like the exit, the welcome center, and mm-hmm. they have the orange juice, it's like that, but not yep. so touristy. Well, kind of touristy, but not so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Artificial? Like those visitor centers are pretty. Yeah, right.
1: yeah. Yeah, it's more authentic. Yeah.
2: They really wanted to welcome you to Orlando and say, or Florida and say here. Mm-hmm.
1: So what Liquid else is Gold? going on with the packing district over there? You got any other updates?
2: I do. I have one very important update. The tennis center, the Orlando tennis center, which we know is moving over there, should be open later this year, or early next year. We'll have at this point, 17 courts and one of them will be able to convert to two pickleball courts.
3: Our followers are thrilled.
2: A lot of people were very interested in that when we posted it to social media. Yes, except
1: some people were wondering why only two.
2: Yeah, so it's it's an interesting question because what I learned about it is you can paint any tennis court Mm -hmm. to turn it into two courts, two pickleball courts. So it shouldn't take that much more if they did want to convert more, if they see a lot of interest in that Mm -hmm. sport. Um, as long as it's not taking away from the people who are especially the members of the tennis center because sure. it's a even though it's a, a public facility it is a membership based facility and you have to pay to play.
3: I thought it was the pickleball center. It's the it's the tennis center. Yeah, for wow. right now.
2: <laughs> listen, check back in 5 okay. years.
3: Uh, I'm <laughs> telling
1: you, pickleball it might be the Orlando pickleball center. Everything. Have you played either of you?
2: I haven't, but I love racquetball. So if it's anywhere similar to that.
1: It's it's great. It's such a fun, fun game. And I love the history. It was actually these two dads. Okay, this is the history that I've read. I don't know if it's 100% like. Perfect. You You read it
2: on the internet? I read it on the internet. That's true. That
1: the two dads, they were on vacation and um, they had played golf all day and their kids were driving them crazy and they kind of grabbed what they had and they invented this game. I think they had some ping pong ping pong paddles and a badminton um, birdie and hmm. you know different things like that and a wiffle ball and so they kind of put it together and that's kind of how it started but um, so it goes way back and it's very very fun and if you're not if you can kind of play tennis but you're not that great at it you can play pickleball hmm. pretty much anybody can play pickleball it's like ping pong meets badminton meets volleyball kind of
2: nice
3: i'm it's fun. i'm a purist so i will be I at know. the tennis courts. But if if they turn my tennis court into if I'm not <laughs> able to play tennis at the tennis center because the pickleball fans are going crazy and mm-hmm. revolting and m- painting it,
1: don't worry, no one's gonna take away your Just tennis. Don't take
3: away my tennis, but I'm really excited. I'm gonna be the second you're able to sign up as a member. I will be. A You'll member. be there.
2: Yeah. Should we do a pickleball tournament for everybody who yes, works at the paper? I'll totally oh, win. Oh, that would be a
3: lot of fun. I would totally win. You think you'd win? Yes, I'm sure I would I like the confidence. We,
2: yeah, maybe not because I forgot how many people we have that are incredibly competitive. <laughs> and so I all want us to be working. Yeah, that's true. Monica, together. might like, take lessons and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah that's really true. like uh, be that uh, just perfect just uh, win, yeah. pickleball I'm, player. I'm pretty competitive.
3: I might yeah I might go yeah and get angry and yeah the practice. yeah,
2: like if somebody beats you, you'll assign them the hardest stories yeah, yeah. afterwards.
3: Yeah how about you go to city council next month? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I like doing city
1: And the YMCA is about to open, too, in November, um, they're telling me, and I'm super excited about that. I'm a member of the Y near my house, and I can't wait to get off work and go to this one. It's a lot closer to the office.
2: It's going to be so great. It's uh, They've got a lot of support from the community and different organizations, especially Dr. Phillips, is not only redoing all of the area over there for the packing district, but spent a lot of time and energy on the YMCA there as well. It's, a, so, it's coming along. It looks yeah. like it's almost done I mean, on the outside. It's almost November, so yeah. Is that
3: is that the plan? Is November opening? That's what
1: that's what they're counting
2: on. You know, at some point, so it's going to be the tennis center, tennis slash pickleball center, the YMCA, the big park over there, the two acre dog park. I mean, the next couple years over there are going to be incredible.
1: Yeah, it's really great. Exciting I remember it time. was
2: all
3: just plans and it was just still nothing over right? there. And yep. now it's actually happening.
1: I know. It's been a long journey for sure.
3: Speaking of the packing district, you wrote mm-hmm. an interesting story about the area in between the packing district and College Park. There's this... I've been calling it the warehouse district since you started writing about it. And
2: there is a company called Warehouse over there, spelled W-A-R-E-H-A-U-S. If you haven't been there, it's some really incredible furniture they find. uh, And they go looking for mid-century modern stuff. Hmm. And it's just a really nice little warehouse space they turned into a retail shop. And they also Hmm. restore the furniture there and do stuff like that. Um, And they're looking to create a little more of an event space in the future so people can rent it out but yeah it was really interesting to me to find that you know i think a warehouse district and i think the typical stuff and it's over there right Mm. like the air conditioning place the filter place there's a crane service over there uh but some really creative and interesting uh businesses not to say that air conditioning can't be creative because it gets hot in orlando and i don't want any air conditioning people getting mad at me But some really interesting creative uh, uh, people are over there as well, found space that they really liked in order to keep pushing their venture forward. So they weren't looking necessarily, you know, as much as I think we'd all like to be on Edgewater if we have a business, um, it's expensive, it's hard to Mm -hmm. do, uh, there's fluctuations, whereas, you know, this warehouse district is a little bit cheaper. So you've got people who uh, print T-shirts, You've got an art gallery slash recording studio slash event space. Uh, Somebody I've talked to a couple of times now, Greg Nunn, does custom furniture over there. Uh, We've got, I didn't get a chance to talk to her for this story, but we've got somebody who does uh, fraternity and sorority uh, clothing and apparel and stuff like that. And recently,
3: Space Station hosted like an art. exhibit exhibit yeah
2: it was really so they partnered with an art collective called Sight cat and they ended up having um uh, it was a little bit of a monsoon beforehand so there was this lake outside but that didn't deter anybody because red panda noodle had showed up and uh, those were the guys behind orlando meats oh yeah formerly orlando meats Mm -hmm. and now they're starting their own concept so they've been doing pop-ups so there was a line basically around the block for that. Wow. Um, they got some really uh, uh, amazing artists, both locally and nationally, up there. And I think that's going through the end of September, if anybody wants to see that art show. Or just visit the space back there. Mm-hmm. Um, Warehouse is open right now to the public on weekends, on Saturdays. And then another company that is you know, kind of taking advantage of this is called Goodfills, which is a really neat company that right now has a mobile shop, they work out of a van right now, and they go to different markets and events. And what their goal is to get you to reuse containers for cleaning supplies mainly. So instead of buying your laundry detergent Mm -hmm. in a plastic jug that you recycle and hopefully gets recycled and all of those things, you can go back to them, you can buy a container from them or you can get one that's safe to use and you can go back to them and refill it. It's that's cheaper, neat. it's better for the environment, it's all of those things. Mm-hmm. So they'll be opening up a little retail shop there, but that's also will be their storage facility
1: okay. for that's all also- the stuff.
2: Because, you know, they got a lot of uh, liquids.
1: Mm-hmm. That's really neat.
2: So this is sort of a, a little bit of a community, a little bit of a uh, creative area. And you think about that in terms of like warehouse districts. That's kind of what happens sometimes after they've not necessarily fallen to disrepair, but the artists kind of move in because it's cheap to have a bunch of different spaces there, and you get some interesting people and interesting things happening.
1: I love that. I thought it was a really cool story. There's a dog food place over there, too. Uh, Yeah, gourmet dog food, and they'll
2: make the dog food based on what you want. So if your dog has special needs, they'll make it specifically for your dog. That's amazing.
3: You can just ask the dog what what he's in the mood for I usually
2: ask the dog. So I have cats. So I ask Mm -hmm. the cats. They don't tell me anything. But my understanding is the dogs will tell you exactly what they want Mm -hmm. because dogs are just easier. Yeah. Yep.
3: and they're peanut butter and chocolate which
2: you don't give that to
3: them no. yeah don't listen to them when they say chocolate Mm-mm. Mm-mm. let's go to commercial and when we come back I'll tell you about all the fun stuff I wrote about
1: if you need a little pick me up a little more pep in your step go to your podcast provider and subscribe to your daily dose with Bob and Nick your daily dose with Bob and Nick comes out every weekday five times a week And every episode is less than 10 minutes. Perfect for your ride to work, or from work, or near work. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Are you guys enjoying your champagne?
2: It's so good.
1: So good. It's good. It
2: makes podcasting much easier.
1: I know. I think we might have to start a trend. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> and you brought a blender. So we
3: could do like, I mean, we could do daiquiris next time. I
1: did. Someone on our team needed a blender. So I, I happened to have an extra because, you know, everyone has an extra brand new blender in oh, yeah. a box in their closet. Yeah.
3: I didn't expect you to pull up with a box, like, like brand new looking blender. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: I
2: mean, you so, put down your registry and sometimes somebody <laughs> gets an extra one because they didn't check it.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So Merry Christmas. Thanks. Um,
3: my two stories this month, uh, sort of had, well, I did two stories in downtown and it, they sort of had a recurring theme, sort of bridging communities. Mm-hmm. So when I used to live on the corner of colonial and orange, I, there was this, whenever I wanted to go downtown, there was sort of just this, there was a long walk where it was like going from downtown to the courthouse. It was just, there was nothing there. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys can picture this area in your head, but it's like just past the Sentinel, there was there was an old Orlando Sentinel classified building that was recently demolished. And now yep. it's just a parking lot for construction. Mm-hmm. And then across the street from that is this abandoned office building. I think it's like a,
2: the at t one.
3: Yeah. Yep. The AT&T building. It's a pretty big building and it's just it just sat empty um, and they had like an overpass or what's the word? in front of the door there was like a an overhang overhang and like homeless people would sleep under it and it was just like i called it the orange avenue dead zone cuz it was like there's nothing there you just have to walk past it you have mm-hmm. to walk through it so i was excited to recently see that old at&t building getting gutted they're mm. they're re they're renovating it okay. into office space which is unique is is cool because before when it was actually the AT&T building it wasn't used as office space it was just used as storage space I think it was a data
2: center of some kind yeah time. so yeah. they
3: just I don't know what they kept in there but it's servers servers whatever wires and yep. modems whatever but I think it's really <laughs> great that they're actually developing that area now it's uh going to be I don't think they have tenants lined up but mm-hmm. they're gutting it and it's happening and I spoke with Craig Ustler, because I thought he would have a interesting point of view because he has offices in north in the North right. Quarter. So he was telling me that he sees it as a great development for downtown because it, it can bridge the North Quarter, the Central Business District, because mm-hmm. it'll have people going to work there. Mm-hmm. And that'll definitely activate that space. So I was really excited for that. And he also said that not only will it bridge those two communities, but he sees it being a big part of Creative Village as a another important way to bridge Creative Village to downtown because I think Creative Village is directly to the west of that Mm -hmm. sort of area. Right. So I think that's really exciting. It's a kind of a not the most awesome topic like, oh, they're making an office building, but I think that it'll have a big impact on downtown as a whole.
2: Be nice if a domino affects things. If they can show that people want office space there, then and I'm not sure what's happening with all that Orlando Sentinel land that's around there, but maybe that'll get developed. Maybe that'll get purchased, and somebody will do something with that. Yeah, that, that
1: area just needs some life. You it's know, such
2: a great space. Yeah, yeah.
3: It's it's been referred to as Midtown, but yeah. it's not really Midtown if nothing's there. Right. So, I think it's really exciting the the Sentinel building is huge and it's owned by miami developers but i think they're just sitting on it because i think a lot of the construction projects in downtown are just on hold because Mm of interest rates and construction costs and everything so maybe eventually the sentinel building will redevelop be redeveloped i've seen renderings that's going to be apartment mixed use so i think it's just got so much potential and i'm i'm happy to see something happening there finally That's great news. And the other bridge story I was talking about was the Under Eye Project. I was a little
2: sad about this one.
1: Yeah, because I was like, it's about
3: time. I thought I thought the Under Eye Project would be getting getting further along because I wrote about it. I think it was in the September 2021 paper. So Mm -hmm. like actually just a year ago, they said that construction would start by the end of 2022, and they had picked the design firm. And I thought it was going to be happening, but it looks like it's getting pushed back because I reached out to the city and they said that now the timeline is pushed back two years. So Mm. construction should start by the end of 2024.
1: Wow. It's such a shame because they had such momentum going there for a while. Yeah. It seemed like it was right there.
2: Yeah. The the, uh, I-4 Ultimate was done and it Mm -hmm. just felt like, okay, now's the time. And you're right. It is such a bridge between the two communities when you interviewed Natasha Gay about, you know, that part mm-hmm. of going from downtown, what we consider downtown to the Paramore area. Cause she's the uh, executive director of the Paramore uh, district. Mm-hmm. Um, that was going to be a key component to it. And, now it just feels like uh, it's going to be empty space for two years.
3: Yeah, for for a while they were saying, "Oh, we need to wait till the i four ultimate project is done." Yep, but now it's done. It's done. So now well, it's just well, it's
1: very possible too. The whole pandemic thing has kind of thrown everything for a loop, you know. So I feel like we all just have to show some grace and be patient. All right, and it'll all be fine. And uh, they've Debbie's got,
3: always right. Debbie's always <laughs> got the positive spin too. They they have it walled off there there's fences around where the I4 under eye project will be so at least it's looks like it's they have it marked off and I saw in the preliminary budget so the city is putting together the budget for the 2022 2023 fiscal year mm-hmm. and that's a whole process it's like takes like three public hearings and two city council meetings but there were a preliminary budget sheet that shows proposed spending and 7.7 million was going toward design plans of the under eye project. So if that goes through, then it looks like at least there's progress being made for the design.
2: I wonder if we can make a case for fleet farming or somebody to do some urban farming down there while we're waiting for that to get started.
1: There's no sun though. I, in in the morning
2: three. and in the evening. Hmm. Yeah. Get hmm. some get some specific plants, maybe uh genetically modified plants okay. that grow no matter what and don't take over the earth. Yeah. Well okay. Yeah. The
3: what actually will be under the under eye in the under uh, eye uh. project sure. is still to be determined. So the design plans aren't even aren't even Underway
2: yet? Yeah, okay. so. but there were a lot so of proposals. So it's all open. It could. There be. were a lot of proposals in the uh, in the original documentation. There like were some a renderings, any soccer field mm-hmm. and a skate park and things like that.
3: And I think they have decided on a few themes that yeah. they want each sort of block to have a certain theme, like heritage and play and whatever. So market was one. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what the design team comes up with.
2: Yeah.
1: You also attended something pretty exciting in Creative Village today, right?
3: I did. This morning, I went to a ribbon cutting. It was the Luminary Green Park, which is really the prime real estate in Creative Village. It's right in the middle. It's actually exactly where the Amway Arena was. Mm-hmm. So if you look on Google Maps, they still have the outline. Yeah. I Because I was like looking for the park. I was expecting a green line today. And I was like, how do they not have that deleted yet because it's funny but it is really right in the middle and it's so it's bordered by so many big developments that are now finished in creative village Mm the the julian to the west and the union west building so that's classrooms dorms and then to the south is the dr phillips academic commons so classrooms specifically and then to the east is Another apartment complex, Modera mm-hmm. Creative Village, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. And just to the northeast is the recently finished EA building. So this park anchors Creative Village, I would say. So I talked to Craig Usler this morning at the event, and he said that the park signifies the end of phase one. I love it. So that's, uh, and he said 40% of the development of Creative Village. So it's exciting. not halfway. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's a That's 40. still a bre- lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's still a lot. So now Creative Village Phase 2 will start, which we wrote about maybe, I don't know, six months ago or something, or mm-hmm. maybe maybe a year ago. But that'll include more affordable housing. That The Tennis Center now. Yes. Which is, I can't remember the crossroads, but the Tennis Center right now is on the other side of the Julian. Yeah. That is going to be replaced. Is it on Paramore? I think it is. more Yeah. It's going to be replaced with more affordable housing. And if you remember, just just next door to the tennis center right now is already affordable housing. Mm -hmm. So there'll be two affordable housing projects. So it's a good mix of income brackets. So I think that's great that they're doing more affordable housing and then more office space by the Dr. Phillips Academic Center. And I think there's also going to be a hotel. So there's still a lot to go in. Yeah in the uh, Creative Village development. So but when you this is said, a landmark.
2: When you first said ribbon cutting, you know, I thought, oh, they're just starting development of it, but this is done, right? This park? Not completely done. Okay.
3: So it's they call it Luminary Green because they are honoring luminaries of Paramore history. So people who had a big impact on Paramore. Mm-hmm. So it's a posthumous honorary monuments. So there's actually going to be these metal sculptures that honor different paramore residents who had a big impact on the community oh very cool i love that that's awesome i think there's going to be a total of 24 but they're or 26 but they're going to do the first 12 in a month or two so the park isn't completely done because that's sort of the centerpiece of the park yeah but they do have this 80 foot trellis and the green space is all grown and it's it's there and it's open to the public so they did cut a ribbon literally today and it's open but it's not completely done. It'll be done November, December.
1: Oh, nice. Gosh, so many great things happening in downtown Orlando and College Park. Thanks for listening today. The September edition is out on newsstands right now. If you'd like to receive it in your mailbox, you can subscribe on yourcommunitypaper.com. That's also where you can sign up for our weekly e-newsletter. Comes right into your inbox every Friday morning at 6 a.m. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Community Podcast. Did you like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and tell your friends and family to do the same. Stay up to date on the latest news from the Community Paper by visiting yourcommunitypaper.com and follow them on social media. The show is produced by Nick Giorgudio. Learn more about starting your own podcast by visiting orlandopodcasting.com. It's a posthumous
3: post posthumous posthumous honorary posthumous posthumous Yep. This is why I can't do ra- Is that really how you pronounce it? Posthumous. Yes. Posthumous? Yes.
2: <laughs> I thought you were going with posthuman no. because that was That can't be how you pronounce That's it. how posthumous? you say superhero.
1: <laughs> okay, outtake for sure. Oh my god. Oh, bless, your, bless your heart! That blows my
3: mind. That that's how that's pronounced. Okay.